Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. I'm Richard Lane on Friday, June the 7th. This week is a themed issue about China and for the podcast I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Theo Voss on the line from Seattle in the United States. Theo, many thanks for joining us 5,000 miles away. Are you there? Theo Voss. I'm a professor of global health at uh, the University of Washington at the Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluation. Thank you. We're going to talk about specifically the paper that you're an author on, as well as Chris Murray, who's well known to us, who I've interviewed on the podcast before. And this concerns the global burden of disease data. We know all about that from the global burden of disease launch at the end of last year. But specifically, this is global burden of disease data relating to China. Before we go into some of the details, the backdrop or the context for this is the massive change in demographics that's going on in China. Tell us about the demographic change in China over the past three or four decades, because that, that really sets the scene, doesn't it? Yes, it does. You know, there are a number of important uh, things that have changed uh, dramatically. Fertility dropped quite considerably. At the same time, uh, child survival has improved and is starting to approach uh, levels uh, we see in, uh, in high-income countries. But also, adult mortality has dropped very considerably over the last few decades, though more in females than in males. So there's a, there is a policy issue there that males are uh, improving at a slower pace than, than, than women in China. This has all led to vast increases in life expectancy and therefore an aging of the population. This leads, of course, all these demographic uh, changes lead to considerable uh, changes in the, in the health uh, uh, patterns uh, in the country. Health reform in China you know, has, we, we've reported on this in the Lancet over the, over the past few years, there's a massive program of change going on. So what was the aim of this study, given that the health reforms in China, they're not complete, obviously, but they have started. So what was the actual objective of this China Global Burden of Disease study? Yeah, you're right. That China has responded to you know, what was considerable discontent about how the health services were functioning 10, 15 years ago, where a lot of the services were out of reach for for the common people. And it, and China is moving towards good access to all health services for uh, all its uh, population. That does mean that there are a whole lot of choices that need to be made of what uh, interventions uh, to fund, what services uh, to, uh, to provide, and hence uh, a careful taking stock of what the health problems are, where China is going, is of tremendous uh, importance to the people uh, who are setting these uh, priorities and deciding on, on how to fund uh, future health services. Going into the details of the study, again, we've, we've talked about the global burden of diseases before on the podcast, but we need a, a refresher. It's six months ago. <laughs> Just briefly describe some of the methodology used in gathering this. It's not so much gathering, well, it's a gathering of data, but also the way you interpret, the way you analyze the data. And there are some metrics that have lots of shorthand. And you want to just briefly talk us through that? Yeah. So our, our main measure is, is the DALI, the Disability Adjusted Life Year. And we talk about DALIs that are being lost. So it's, a, it's an amount of health that uh, is not experienced because of death or because of uh, uh, disease that leads to a disability. Um, now, DALIs by themselves are hard to interpret, but uh, the way we measure the burden of disease in a country or in, a, in, in the world is by estimating the total amount 
and then for each disease and risk factor, uh, being able to say what proportion of that total burden is due to a particular disease. DALIs are made up of a mortality component where we translate years uh, deaths into years of life lost, YLLs. Basically, it responds to the common notion that people have that a death at younger ages is a greater health loss than a death at older ages. So we give greater weight to young deaths versus old deaths using that method. Yeah, I see. And similarly, we measure loss of uh, health due to disability or any illness also as an amount of time lost. It basically says if you uh, have a disease you lose a proportion of health when you have it, and we can express that as an amount of time that's lost in the population due to not being in full health. Tell us about the key findings from this paper, and specifically, what, you know, what is, if you like, um, a, a profile of, of health in China in 2010, which is the latest uh, data you have for, for global burden of disease 2010, compared with 20 years earlier, 1990? Top causes of uh, of death are all non-communicable uh, diseases, cardiovascular disease. Where the striking finding in China is that stroke is much more important than heart disease. Uh, so a pattern that you know we know of, but that is quite different uh, from uh, from other countries. Quite a, co- a large contribution of cancers, and in particular in China, liver cancer and lung cancer. Liver cancer related to high levels of hepatitis B infection. China still needing to wait to reap the benefits from Hep B vaccinations because it takes 30, 40 years before you see that effect. And high rates of lung cancer linked to a large burden from tobacco, but also contributed by a relatively large exposure to air pollution, both outdoor air pollution and indoor air pollution in China. In the top causes. Uh, On number three and number four, uh, there are two uh, conditions that uh, are non-fatal, where we don't count people having died from them. That's low back pain and depression. When we look at this uh, 20 years ago, in 1990, pneumonia was the first uh, cause where uh, two neonatal causes, so the birth trauma and preterms were also in the top 10. That indicates this rapid transition to away from infectious and diseases of, uh, of, uh, of poverty towards uh, non-communicable disease because all those causes have dropped uh, quite considerably uh, over that 20-year period. Similarly, TB has dropped dramatically, so have diarrhea, but one of the downsides of, uh, of the economic development is that uh, road traffic injuries have uh, shot up uh, uh, to uh, a much higher position and is now the fourth uh, leading uh, cause of death uh, in, uh, in China. Related to that are uh, you know, the major risk factors. Uh, the top three risk factors are uh, dietary factors, blood pressure and tobacco. And you can see how they link uh, to the top causes of death that I mentioned of lung cancer and the cardiovascular diseases. And I mentioned also the high rank of air pollution, indoor and outdoor, at ranks four and five in China, which is higher than we see in almost any other country. On the whole, uh, one of the more striking findings in China is that uh, it ranks best in the world in terms of overall levels of disability. 
that has to do with these, though important as part of the overall burden, lower uh, rates uh, than most other countries for mental disorders, but also quite a bit lower rates for musculoskeletal conditions. And again, people postulate that when you ask uh, people in China about uh, pain, that maybe they are less forthcoming in, the, in reporting that uh, than in, in other places, whereas yeah, whether that's then a, real, a true lesser experience of pain, we don't quite know. Finally, policy implications here, because as we've already discussed, and it's quite well known, China is in the midst of, 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 of a health reform program how can these results be used as an advocacy tool to to you know to, sh- to basically shape the ongoing reforms that are going on do you think there's a good chance that these data will filter in to where they need to i.e. the health policymakers within china i'm pretty confident that uh, that uh, these uh, figures and ongoing work that we've uh, uh, initiated uh, with uh, the chinese uh, government will have uh, quite an impact we're closely working together with the China uh, Centers for Disease Control and academic institutions to do further work on the burden in China, access you know, much more data than, uh, than we were able to access uh, for this uh, study. So I think you know, it, it augurs well for a willingness to work with this, uh, this uh, sort of information. The policy implications, well, the enormous progress that China has made in reducing many of these causes of childhood mortality, the downside of that is it throws up a whole lot of new challenges. So you get a shift to uh, disabling uh, conditions, uh, which often uh, require a lot more expensive responses to deal with uh, than uh, some of the infectious uh, diseases. The findings also indicate that they're not just health uh, priorities, but a lot of public policy priorities that would need to be tackled to address the major uh, drivers of health outcomes in China. So policy issues around diet, and I'm thinking of uh, the large contribution of salt through raising blood pressure to uh, stroke and ischemic heart disease in China. The big uh, role of tobacco and the fact that the Chinese government is the biggest uh, tobacco producer in uh, China and controls uh, the sale of uh, tobacco, it's obviously uh, way beyond the health issue. It's a a public policy uh, issue. Similar issues uh, around the rise in diabetes and related uh, uh, conditions, plus uh, the uh, large impact of, uh, of pollution, air pollution in particular on health, where there's a need for an integrated government uh, response to tackle those uh, risks. So what we think is that having catalogued all the, these health problems and knowing how big all these health problems are relative to one another, as we've done in this Global Burden of Disease uh, study, is a very useful framework for the Chinese government to start working on you know, where they want to put their attention and where they're most likely to get uh, the largest amount of health gain for a particular investment or a particular change in policy. Indeed, well, fascinating study and always interesting to discuss China, as we have done on several occasions in The Lancet. Professor Teo Voss on the line from Seattle in the United States, one of the authors of the article in this themed China issue, the June the 
8th to the 14th issue of The Lancet, Global Burden of Disease Study. Many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet. Pleasure. And do look out for all the themed China content in this week's issue. Thanks again to Teo Voss and to you all for listening. See you next week.